Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. All right. How'd the week go? Is all right? Online family, I hope your week went well. You guys need to, this is where I ask a question. This is what you do. You answer it. <laughs> it's a complicated process, but how did the week go? It's all right. It's all right. You know, like if somebody said, mine stunk, well, you can raise your hand. We'll get prayer because sometimes your week stinks. Anybody ever have a week that stunk? I mean, sometimes it goes like that, and that's okay. I think that's part of the reason why we're, we're really studying this whole topic of dog days. And, and dog days to me are, are the days between receiving a promise from God and God coming in and saying, you know, what you're going through doesn't have to keep going. What you're going through is not my will for you. I've got something better for you. It's kind of like the children of Israel when they were in Babylon. You know, I know the plans the prophet Jeremiah spoke to them. I got plans to increase and not decrease, to to bless and not kill, to prosper and not take away. Those are my plans for you. I got good stuff for you. And you embrace that and you get excited about it. You say, yes, 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 yes. And then tomorrow comes and nothing changes. Anybody ever been there? Well, there is, a, there is a gap between the promise and the provision. There's always a gap because that's how God works. And, and there's a blessing in the gap if we're willing to look for it and to understand the purpose of it. So we are studying how to deal with dog days. We talked in the first week about, you know, who you bring with you on your journey matters. You bring a bunch of knuckleheads and you're going to be a knucklehead. You bring people like Pat and you're going to thrive and prosper. Or scream, thank you, Pat. I, I, I'm, he's a good man to have a, a, in a journey. You, you want people that are going to challenge you and bless you and help you, and that's so important. But there's something else that's important. And this is not new. This has been around since the inception of the church. And it's found in the book of Hebrews, in the 10th chapter and the 36th verse. And this is what it says. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. You cannot do God's will without patient endurance. It's just, I mean, you can't do it. It it takes more than that. And and if you don't do God's will, you're not going to get what God promised which is a sad tragedy because God has good things for you. And why in the world would you just turn your back on all that he has offered? Because God, God's blessings are, are beyond anything else that you can experience in this life. They are literally priceless. And so with that in mind, then the next question that sort of you know, comes to my mind is how in the world do we develop patient endurance, right? Because if we need it, how do we get it? And perhaps the most famous verse about strengthening ourselves and developing endurance is found in a prophetic message to the Israelites from Isaiah, who was a Jewish prophet. And if you'll go with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. By the way, online or in person, just in case you didn't know it, you do need your Bible here because we do actually teach from that. And you also need some means to write down what God speaks to you about your life you know, while you're receiving of the message, because God speaks to each one about your situation, not about my situation or somebody else's. He gives you insight. So it's good to record those things. But Isaiah is speaking to Israel, and he says this, Have you never heard? 
Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. You think a problem is too complicated for God? It's not. Nothing is too complicated for God. God understands everything, okay? He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. Those kids who are hiking today, I guarantee you, when you pick them up later, they're going to tell you, man, I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, how far did you walk? I don't know, like 100 feet or something. I don't know. You know how youth are. They're, they're a mystery and an enigma. But, but even youths will become tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those, those, not just youths and not just young men, but those, anybody, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Somebody ought to shout, praise God for that promise. I mean, that's, that's, that is, oh my gosh, I mean, I don't have to feel like this anymore. I can get set free. I can be healed. I can be delivered. I can experience renewal. Absolutely. If we learn to do what God tells us to do in order to receive this promise. And there are two important takeaways in this passage, at least two, I should say. The first is that fatigue is normal. If you feel tired and think there's something wrong with you, you're wrong. Everybody gets tired and you are not immune. There's a lot of guys I know, big tough guys, big macho guys, you know what I'm saying? Guys, I, I, can, I can do everything. No, you can't. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. You're, you're going to get weak. You're going to get tired. You're going to need renewal. You need it. And, and, and that means that if you're doing anything with your life, you better figure out how God wants to renew you. Amen? And God is the source for real renewal. You can look up 47 self-help things. I'm all for self-help. I don't have a problem, except self-help is sort of dependent upon self, and self is kind of stupid and fat. <laughs> yeah, no, self needs, you know, that's just me. I'm not talking about anybody else. I mean, you, I don't want self-help. I want God help, all right? That's, that's where I'd like to go, and, and that's where the source is. And there, there is a reality about our life that we have to brace, embrace when we're talking about how to get renewed, and it's this. Because you're a threefold being, you will experience threefold fatigue. Everything about that? You're going to experience physical fatigue, you're going to experience emotional fatigue, and you're going to experience spiritual fatigue. Everybody does. And as a matter of fact, they're all interrelated. Sometimes when you're emotionally fatigued, you are physically fatigued. Sometimes when you're spiritually fatigued, you're emotionally fatigued and physically fatigued. They are interdependent. They're symbiotic is the wrong word. But you know what I'm saying? You are a threefold being and you will experience fatigue in all three areas of your existence. And you need to learn to tap into God's renewal process for each of those areas of your life. Amen. All right, you got it? Well, the good thing is the process is the same for all. It is. Physical fatigue, you overcome it the same way you overcome emotional fatigue or soul fatigue, the same way you overcome spiritual fatigue. It's three simple things. Actually, they're not all that simple, but they can be done. The first is repentance. The second is rest. And the third is renewal. It's repentance, rest, and renewal. Let's talk about repentance. Book of Acts, chapter 3, 
verse 19. It's Peter preaching. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so your sins will be washed away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Now we know this is a, a global promise, but I, but I would argue that this also applies to us as individuals. Amen. That there is something transformative that occurs when I acknowledge the sins, the things that I'm doing that, that, that are toxic to me, and I repent. I choose to turn away from those things. And sins come in three flavors as well. Did you, did you know that? There are physical sins. There's a lot of different kinds of physical sins. You know, you, overindulgence. Has anybody ever been guilty of overindulgence? I've got a friend, you know, people are asking, why do you have a Diet Coke can on the, on the uh, podium here? Isn't this a cool podium? We're, I like this. My, yeah, it's all right. My friend Lex made that. And uh, I've got a good, another good friend who's worried about my health. And don't you like the fact that people worry about you? And so he had been noticing that I, I consume a number of these a day. I won't tell you the number, but I consume a number. And, and he said, do you know how toxic? That's rat poison in that. And he started sending me little articles and things, and I started calling him names and then uh, but 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 the, the point of it is he sparked me to do some research about what is indeed a moderate quantity of diet coke and what is an overindulgent quantity of diet coke because he said part of your issues are how many of those things you're sucking down a day and you can take that to another you know topic there's all kinds of things you can overindulge in did you know that laziness is a sin you know, laziness will make you tired. Have you ever met somebody that does nothing, but they're tired all the time? <laughs> I mean, come on now. You, you all know. You, you got a cousin. I got a cousin. Everybody got a cousin. We all know who that is. You know, have you ever just laid around for a few days and you're, 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 you're more tired at the end of the lay around than you were at the beginning? I mean, sometimes you just got to man up and say, you know, I'm just basically a bum. I need to do something. <laughs> you know, I got I to gotta, I gotta get up from here because I'm, I mean, you just get, you, you just, but we got to own it. It's a physical sin. We, we got to talk about things like toxic behavior and, and ignoring our body's needs. I mean, physical sins will make you tired. They will. But so will emotional sins. You want to feel tired, fatigued, wore out? Walk around in unforgiveness. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It'll steal your very strength. You, you'll have no faith. You'll just be blah. Okay, say that word, blah. It's a very spiritual term. Marilyn has yuck. I'm going to adopt blah. All right. It's, if you've been around for a while, you know what I'm saying. But, but unforgiveness will rob your strength. So will jealousy. You ever looked at somebody and said, I want what they have. Yeah, we call it jealousy. The Bible says covetousness. It's the King James Version. It's a sin. We're supposed to repent of it. We look at other people and we want what they have. And if we, if we don't realize that God has his own blessings for us, that, that nobody is taking anything from you. Did you know that? Whatever somebody else has doesn't diminish what you can have. I mean, I want you to chew on that. God has promises for you, blessings for you. The fact that he blessed somebody else ain't got nothing to do with what his plan for you is. But if you look at what they have and get all jealous or covet what they have, you'll end up feeling weak and hopeless and have no faith. Got to repent of that stuff. Insecurity, self-doubt. 
Emotional sins. What about spiritual sins? So let me, let me just, what's a spiritual sin? I'll tell you what's a spiritual sin. Neglecting your relationship with God. You neglect your relationship with God, not your belief in God, maybe not even your practices with God, but your relationship with God, the intercommunication that he wants to have with you, and, you know, the, the adoration and, and, the, and the rest and the, and the anointing that he wants to bring into your life. You ignore that and you will be fatigued and weak and ineffective. And that's not what he wants for you. He wants patient endurance that comes from cultivating those things by, by repenting of our physical sins, our emotional sins, our soulish sins, if you would rather have that word, and our spiritual sin, all right? What about rest? You think God wants you to rest once in a while? Okay, let me just bring up a, a, a concept, okay? We rest by creating Sabbath spaces in our life. Now that word Sabbath spaces, I'm intentional. I didn't say by creating a Sabbath, but by creating Sabbath spaces. And I want to, want to talk about this a little bit. Now, the Sabbath, keeping a day completely devoted to God, you know, starting at sundown on Saturday night and going to sundown on Sunday night, is not a New Testament requirement of following Christ. It's just not. I mean, people argue that, but it's in the scriptures. This is Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Now, does that mean you can't keep a Sabbath? No. You want to go keep a Sabbath? Go keep a Sabbath. But don't let somebody else tell you that, that God can't renew you or refresh you because you don't go through a legalistic ritual called a Sabbath celebration. However, however, listen to me. When Jesus was teaching on the Sabbath, he said this. And this is in Mark chapter 2, verses 27. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. Okay, and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. I had not really fully seen that until I was studying for the series. I go, wait, 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 stop! Because, you know, you can get all legalistic with the Sabbath, and people have preached legalism in church, but what God is saying, you know, there's something in this Sabbath rest stuff, okay? And it can be a blessing to your life. You need to rechange your mental sort of idea of rather than having a legalistic attitude towards keeping the Sabbath, have a, a recognition that, that if I create Sabbath spaces in my life, they will bring renewal, refreshing, and restoration to me. I need these things in my life. You know, the, the Sabbath was created for people. So what's it look like then if, if, if we're going to create these Sabbath spaces and we are a threefold being, just like we have to repent of physical sins, emotional or soulish sins, or, and, and spiritual sins, we need to create physical Sabbaths, soulish, emotional Sabbaths, and spiritual Sabbaths. Because you need restoration in all three areas of your life. Okay? Physical Sabbath. You cannot work 12 hours a day, seven days a week, and not pay a, a price. I, I, I will say this, I'm not looking for your sympathy, but please don't, don't, don't do anything. My dad and mom started a business in 1970. They worked seven days a week, 12 hours a day, 
until they were in their 50s. And then my mother died at 58 and my dad is 62. Killed them. That job killed them. Earlier, I mean, they would have died anyway, right? But decades cut off the end of their life because they just were that focused. They were. And I'm not, again, I'm not looking for sympathy. You can't do that. There, there's a price to pay for that. So the question is, how do you give your body the rest that it needs? You need to figure this out. And sometimes you need to have an extended day or series of days off because it renews you. Most of you knew when I, when I was younger and didn't have quite the, the skeletal issues I have now, I like to jog, I like to run. Started running in high school and kept it up until I was about 50, 51 years old. Ran a bunch of 5Ks, 10Ks, uh, did four half marathons, did one full, did a bunch of that stuff. And, and when you're planning to, to be able to run a long way, okay, Mike, you know this. When you're planning to be able to run a long way, you got to build rest days in your training regime. Because the more you demand of your body, the more time you have to give it to recover okay so I'm asking you if you're tired all the time do you have a Sabbath rest where you let your body recover okay second thing emotional Sabbath do people make you crazy <laughs> I just have curious. Back row, do people sometimes make you crazy? Yeah, no, then nobody does. If I had said, people make me crazy, do you get a picture of somebody in your mind the minute I ask that question? You know, that's who makes me crazy. I, that, they make me nuts. People will make you crazy because people are broken. Did you know that you make somebody crazy? <laughs> you do. Pat, do I make you crazy? Do you, do you make me crazy? Yeah, no, no yeah. comment. No comment. Well, but you have somebody to blame then. Uh, all right. You know, the, the, the point of that is every single psychologist will tell you that creating, they call it an emotional rest period. I call it an emotional Sabbath. Semantics. Every single one that you talk to will tell you that this is vital for your renewal and your capacity to deal with emotional trauma. People bring you their junk, and sometimes you got no patience for it, man. Have you ever seen that? You picked the wrong day to come bring your problem to me. Because <laughs> I got my, I mean, you want problem? I'll tell you about my problem. It's a problem I got right now, because I don't want to be with your problems. I mean, we all get that way. And does that sound, and then you feel guilty, because you go, oh, I didn't act like Jesus. I just acted like a jerk. And, uh, and, 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 and the whole point is you're emotionally tired, because you have got nothing in your bank account to lend out. So you got to figure out how to disconnect from the emotional triggers. Have you ever heard of the term respite care? There's a whole industry built around giving people emotional breaks from dealing with difficult situations. And the benefits are amazing. They actually have done you know, study after study after study. If you can give yourself an emotional rest, an emotional Sabbath, intentionally building times into your schedule, you improve your cognitive abilities. You, which means you get smarter and better at solving problems. You literally lose weight because you do not binge eat 
the burritos or whatever it is you find in your freezer. You know what I'm saying? You begin to do other things. When you develop this, this separation from the, because we got stuff we have to deal with. There are people in our life that God puts us in relationship with and they drive us nuts. And he doesn't want us to abandon them, but he doesn't want us to ignore the fact that we will get tired if we don't create emotional Sabbaths. Time away to renew our souls so that we can go be Christ-like and deal with the brokenness that's around us. Got to have a physical Sabbath. You got to have an emotional Sabbath. I want you to take a look at this webpage. This is not a Christian webpage. It's, it's, but they are, it just literally talks about the long-term benefits of emotional rest. And if you don't believe me, go talk to some psychological experts. Because just write it down. You'll be surprised. But in addition to those things, we need a, a spiritual Sabbath. And a spiritual Sabbath is engaging in a relational, uh, how can I say this? I don't, I don't want to say this right. It is intentional time dedicated to actively engaging your relationship with God, engaging in your relationship with God. I'm going to engage in my relationship with God. Now, some people say, well, I do my Bible reading. Okay, that's cool. I read the Bible too. Do you engage in a relationship with God when you're reading your Bible? Well, I pray about stuff. That's wonderful. Do you sit and listen to God talk to you about, you know, your bad hair day or whatever it is you did yesterday? <laughs> you know, well, what does the Sabbath look like? You want to tell you, I think coming to, to community worship is a component to having a spiritual Sabbath. It's taking time and actually being here. Now, I recognize some of you guys online, you can't get here. And I, and I, am, I am grateful and appreciate that you will, will welcome us into your home. So there is no condemnation. This is not a guilt. But there is something about interacting physically that changes that. Attending a small group can be a part of creating a Sabbath space. For me personally, as a pastor, Pat, you know the answer to this. What do you think my Sabbath space, or one of the key parts of my Sabbath space every week is? It's Wednesday night. <laughs> it's space and place. It's one of the few times that I can gather with you know, a group of people. We put on soaking music. I can turn the phone off. I can turn everything else off. And I can spend an extended hour doing nothing but just hanging out with God. Now, I could do that other times you know, during the week, and I do that other times, but there's an intentionality to my Wednesday night that, that I, it's a part of my Sabbath rest, and it literally is one of the most re restorative things that I do because I need spiritual rest, okay? So the process begins with repenting, identifying the things that make you tired, body, soul, and spirit. It extends to creating Sabbath spaces, recognizing that you need times for physical rest, you need times for emotional rest, and you need times of intentional engagement in your relationship with God because there is something that happens as he pours into you as you pour into him. Amen. All right? But there's a third component. It's not just repenting. It's not just resting. It's also renewing ourselves, training ourselves to increase our capacity. All right? Jude one twenty. You, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. In the power, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 4.8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. I got born again. Yay! 
Yay! That's wonderful. That's incredible. That should be celebrated. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I can pray in unknown tongues. Wonderful. Incredible. But I don't have any spiritual endurance. I don't have any emotional endurance. I'm still emotionally immature. I get tired all the time. That's because you haven't got into training yet. You haven't begun to experience you know, what it means to be an interactive community with other people who build themselves up, not just themselves, but other people up in their most holy faith. I mean, let's talk candidly. Have you ever worked with somebody that after they worked hard for two hours, they were done? I mean, that was a full day. They worked hard for two hours and they are sitting on the side. And you worked with guys who could work 12 hours a day and they're ready to go another 13. Everybody know somebody like that? I tell you, I filled potholes one summer with the Missouri State Highway Department. We had guys at two hours into filling potholes. They, you, you knew you were going to get nothing out of them the rest of the day. However, there was guys like Tar Thomas Archidepane. Don't know where Archie is to this day. Thomas was, was a Hispanic guy, but yay big, and, and his huge arms. I tried to work with him. Oh, my gosh, he buried me. And I was a good worker, man, but he could go all day because he had trained himself how to work. Some of us got to recognize we get tired because we've never bothered to train ourselves. So how do you experience physical training? How do, you, how do you do that? Well, man, if you get tired all the time, maybe it's time to start asking yourself, what sort of exercises do you do during the day? They have found that taking a 30-minute walk a day will increase your ability to solve problems. They will increase your, 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 your serotonin levels so that you're not as depressed. You fight depression. Seriously, they found that if you'll just do a little bit of exercise, you'd be shocked at how much better you feel. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It really doesn't. If you want to do a lot, that's great. But, but just simply getting up and walking for 30 minutes a day. The worst thing you can do if you find yourself habitually tired is sit on a couch and do nothing. It's just the facts. Now, some of you guys, you, you get exercise all during the day. Pat and I, we exercise. What do we exercise when we work during the day? Our, our jaws is, is really what we. Uh, yeah, there, there's not a lot of Fitbit steps in pastoring, you know. It's, so we got to actually figure out how to walk. You know, I'm just being honest, right? Yeah, you know. It's, 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 it's hanging out with people. I, this is a true story. So I was talking to somebody, and they were mad about their pastor. And not here. And he goes, you know, all that guy does is meet with people and talk to them. And I, and I I said, you do know that's what pastors do, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's what we, it's, as we meet with people, we pray with them, we talk to them, we visit people in the hospital, we, we study, uh, you know, we're not building anything but big people. I mean, you are, Paul said, you're my workmanship, you're, you're my reward, what I've sown into you. And so, I, pastors, we have to make ourselves get up and move, and that's something that you may need to do. Uh, I call it physical investing, but you also need to mentally invest in yourself. Do you know your brain leaks? <laughs> Seriously, your brain leaks. You're, if you do not do things to increase your mental acuity and the knowledge you have, all you're doing to do is get stupider all through the years of your life. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's the truth, right? But if you are intentional about saying, I need to be a lifelong learner, as you forget things, you replace them with other stuff. So it's a net positive, amen? And don't we want to be in a net positive? You need to repent. You need to rest. But you need to renew. 
You need to be able to sow into your physical body, your, your, your basic skill sets, the things that, that you need to do, because that will help. If you know how to solve problems, problems are not a big deal. Years ago, uh, Sarah has a friend, uh, or, or they're friends from college, and they came out to ski at Keystone. And, and the two sons were you know, teenagers, and they're, you know, they're go-fast skiers. You know, they go down the hill. The dad was, a, was an army guy. He knew how to ski. Mom had only been skiing three times in, our, in their life. So they're all going down the hill. They get to uh, a river run, the blue, the blue uh, the steep one going into the bottom of, of Keystone Village. Y'all know that? Well, this, this wonderful lady is at the top of this hill staring down at her husband and her sons who have left her. And they're down at the hill. And it, it's a good marriage. Everything's great. She's at the top, and I kind of ski up behind her. You all right? No, I'm not all right. Do I look all right? Look at her. How do I get out of here? And I said, well, well, you just need to ski down. it. And how do I do that? If I knew how to do that, I would be at the bottom right now. And I said, well, all right, I, I, I'm, we're going to break it up into, into little things. We're going to go down. We're going to take two turns. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna turn right, and you're gonna, you're gonna plant your pole, and we're gonna turn left. <laughs> you know, and she does that. Okay, okay, stop, stop right there. You all right? Take a breath. We're gonna take two more turns. All right, we're gonna take we take two more turns. We take two more turns. We go down another couple ways. Okay, okay, stop. No, we're not gonna try to make this harder than it is. And then we're gonna do two more turns. And eventually she gets to the bottom. And I said, it's a complicated problem until you break it down. But once you know how to ski a steep slope. Once you know how to side slip or, or, or do certain, you don't, you, know, you don't have to be that. It's the knowledge of how to deal with the problem that takes the pressure off of you. And sometimes we need to invest in learning to solve problems. Physical renewal. Emotional investing. Do you guys know what the term mindfulness means? How many of you know what the term, and you could define, if somebody said, what is mindfulness? You could define that. Okay, the doctor, of course, <laughs> Dr. Ken. I, I honestly have, I've got an, a Fitbit app that's, that gives me a mindfulness score. I'm not sure what I, you know, I, I don't do very well in it most days, I guess. But, but I was talking to somebody and I said, do you know what this mindfulness thing is? And again, I was researching for this. And he said, oh my gosh, this was so invigorating to me. I said, well, what happened? He said, when I was going through my divorce, and he went through a nasty divorce some years ago, and I was so stressed out. I, I went to a therapist, and, and that's another thing, is he, he said, emotionally, I learned to, to be mindful, which means living in the moment, taking assessment of yourself, recognizing what's going on around you and how you're reacting to it. And I would literally disconnect sometimes during my divorce and during all the stuff that was happening, because he had an important job, and he would just say, okay, wait, what, what's going on? He began to practice some, some, he said, this may seem strange, but I would begin to think about my body, my toes, all the way up to my ankles, my knees, just being conscious of my physical self, and I would practice this. I began to practice some, some breathing exercises that made me aware, rather than just you know, being, feeling hopeless and bouncing to and fro, I just became cognitive, and suddenly the emotional stresses in my life began to melt away. I could pray again. I could, I could remember the promises of God. You need to learn some techniques to deal with your emotional side. And I, and I, I was impressed with that, I, that, this whole idea. And frankly, I'm an advocate of emotional therapy with the right people. You go to the wrong therapist and they should be shot and run over in the parking lot. <laughs> well, perhaps that's a, that's a bad thing to say, but, but, but you know, <laughs> you shouldn't pay people for bad advice. Okay, let me just tell you that. You don't go get bad advice. Some, go find somebody who knows what they're talking about and then get advice from them. But, 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 I believe in that, that we need to invest in our physical bodies. We need to invest in our emotional health. And we need to invest in our spiritual health.
You need to challenge yourself to engage in relational discipleship. You need to, you need to have people in your life you can sit and talk, talk with. I have people in my life I'd sit and talk with, and some of them slap me and say, quit being stupid. <laughs> Who wants to volunteer for that? <laughs> All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Pat's like, yeah, I got it all over. <laughs> but but you, need to, you need to challenge yourself to be in, an, in a relational discipleship situation where you share life with somebody else because it's an investment not only in them, but it's an investment in you. That, I'm just telling you, you want to be stronger, you want to have more endurance, get involved with people. And it takes intentionality because sometimes when you're tired, you just want to stay home and eat, you know, cookies and binge watch, you know, Ted Lasso or whatever it is that you want to do. My daughter introduced me to Ted Lasso. That's, do you know what she said to me? You remind me of Ted Lasso, dad. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen the show. Is it true? (laughs) We'll see. Thank you. (laughs) All right. You need to think about attending events that will expand your understanding and your experiences of God. Prayer meetings and the like. Uh, Jordan, when's our next uh, uh, evening with God? It's not the right word for it, but it's first uh, Friday in August. First Friday in August. Wonderful time to be here, 6 to 10. You know, as I was preparing for this, you know what I realized? I had not been to a leadership conference in seven years. Seven years, I hadn't taken a trip, and a part of it was COVID. Guess where I'm going next week? Chicago. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to a leadership conference. I talked to a couple people. I said, you know, you need to go to a, actually, they said, oh my God, do you need to go to a leadership conference? <laughs> That's what they said. Anyway, really, we need to get you out here. But, but the point of it is, I recognize that there's a lot of sharpening the saw, a lot of investing in me that I hadn't done. And I need to do invest. I've done some investing in my physical side. I've done some investing in my emotional side. I need to do some investing in my spiritual side. Okay, so that's the process, guys. It's repentance. It's developing rest, Sabbath places in your life, and investing or renewing yourself in all three areas of your life, body, soul, and spirit. And if you do that, then what the writer of Hebrews said, which was develop patient endurance. What Isaiah was talking about becomes an attainable goal. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You will walk and not grow weary. You will do the things that God has created you to do. You will, you know, as your years are, so will your strength be. People say, I'm confessing that. Well, then what are you doing to make that a reality? You know, you're confessing, as my years are, so will my strength be. Well, great. How do you get there? You develop an endurance plan. And that is my prayer for each of us, that that as we talk about these dog day messages, we begin to personalize this and and for us begin to say, okay, Reese, what do you need? What what do you need? Not what Pat needs, not what somebody else needs, not what Lisa needs. But if you feel you need more endurance, if you find yourself weary, if you find yourself carrying a heavy burden, how do you tap in to the supernatural power of God. What do you need to repent of? How do you create rest? And how do you start to sow and invest in yourself and renew the capacity that you have to deal with life's problems? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And I pray, God, that it's a blessing and it helps. Uh, It helped me, God, and I'm grateful for the always the truth that I discover for myself as we, as we explore your word together uh, every single week, God. 
I pray, Father, that you are with me, but, but I am, I'm just one of, of a community of, of friends and family here this morning, online and in person. And I pray, God, that each one of us would be willing to apply these truths to our lives in a personal way. If we don't know you, then God, I pray that we'll be willing to take a chance and say, Jesus, forgive me, become my Lord and Savior. Start showing me where I've missed the mark. Start showing me what I'm doing wrong and help me to change. You know, begin that, that dialogue, that relationship, that born again experience. If, if, if we find ourselves deaf to your voice and deaf to your presence, then open up our spiritual ears, open up our spiritual minds, open up our spiritual hearts. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. Let us experience that, that transformative encounter that we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But God, let us also realize the power of your word, that your word is, is a light and a lamp and a, and a guide and help us make the plans we need to live the promises that you have made to us that we would overcome our fatigue and our weariness and we would become supernatural supernatural people doing supernatural things show us the small groups we should be led to show us the people we should be led to show us how to do this stuff in Christ's name I pray amen Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.